Curious State of Mind, a podcast where we'll explore many topics, setting aside certainty and fear and leading with curiosity. Life is a beautiful, painful mystery. And the more I learn, the less I'm certain about. I've learned that asking the hard questions with curiosity leads to healing, adventure, and magic. Let's get curious. The important thing is not to stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existence. One cannot help but be in awe when he contemplates the mysteries of eternity, of life, of the marvelous structure of reality. It is enough if one tries merely to comprehend a little of this mystery each day. Albert Einstein Hello, Brandy here, and I'm in a curious state of mind. Welcome to episode three, and today we're going to talk about the reconstruction of faith. On the last episode, I talked about how I was in the middle of deconstructing my faith, like was basically ripped down to shreds. It was gone um, when my mom got diagnosed with cancer. So I was in mid-deconstruction. And I desperately, at that point when my mom was sick, I, I desperately wanted my old convictions back. Because when you're Christian, you're like, you have convictions. You are absolutely sure of all these certain things. You know that God's got your back and it helps you through difficult times. And I longed for my old community back, that feeling of support, that feeling of certainty and in this moment, my life was turning upside down. And I mean, obviously my mom's was turning upside down, but she was still strong in her faith. And I was almost jealous of how she was trusting God. And I just didn't know how to deal with all the pain and stress of watching my mom suffer without that old worldview of like knowing, you know, that God has you and he's going to take care of you. And I just didn't quite feel as secure. Um, and at this point I would still call myself agnostic, verging on atheist. And I knew I couldn't go back to my old religion. Like some might say, if you're listening to this and you're still Christian, you might say, well, why didn't you just go back? Cause you know, God would still be there for you with open arms. And I still felt like I was following that same spirit that called me into Christianity. And because I was at this point, where I have just, I observed what was in front of me in my, in my church and in my faith. And I studied and I just knew where my mind was at. I couldn't go back. I couldn't unlearn what I've learned. I also didn't know how to rebuild my faith. So I kind of felt like I was at a standstill. I set aside my faith and I just let myself be in this unknown place of accepting uncertainty. Of course, I, I did it kicking and screaming. Like, you don't, it's hard to accept uncertainty. And I'm sure many people out there are in this place. Um, I'm in a lot of groups on Facebook where people are just really struggling and not knowing where, how to move forward, how to deal with family. Because, you know, a lot of times if you're in a family who's religious, 
They're going to judge you and tell you you're going to hell. And it's just a really hard, so you don't want to open up. You're, you feel lost and alone. You want to open up. And then when you do, you get judged for it and told that you need to, they want to scare you back into the religion. But a lot of times, I mean, I'm not trying to defend people, but when you're, when you're in the, in faith, in Christianity, you are really worried about people's souls. So many times people do this because they actually care about your soul and like, they don't want you going to hell. But there are times where it's just also like wanting you to follow and follow in line and not, you know, go with the status quo of our family, of our church. Don't, you know, don't mess it up. Don't go off track. Don't go astray, you know. So it's hard being in that place when you need the most support, but then you lose your support. And that's why it is scary to allow curiosity to keep you questioning because then you think of all the things you're going to lose. But in the process, you're going to lose yourself if you don't follow your intuition, if you don't follow the spirit, if you don't follow those questions and curiosity. In the end, you're really sacrificing your own self for the support of others, which isn't right. I don't believe that's right. I couldn't do it. I have to feel like I'm synced up with myself to really feel feel like a whole person. So I didn't want to go back to church. I didn't want to go back to my religious habits because they just suppressed my doubts and curiosity. I had to keep reminding myself that I didn't need to rush to land in a new place of certainty, despite my desires to to do so. You know, I wanted to feel certain about my life. I wanted to feel certain about God and in the future, but I had to keep telling myself, no, don't rush to figure it out because then you're going to just end up back in another religion or um, in the same place that you were that you didn't want to be in. So I just focused on working and spending time with my mom and my family. I continued to read progressive Christian books and looking at faith from a new perspective or just different perspectives. I lost any desire to write in my prayer journal, so I just stopped. And I tried to just stay out of my head and stay present in my life because I knew my mom may not have much time left. So I just wanted to soak up all the time with her that I could. And here in this episode, I want to focus on my reconstruction of faith. So I'm going to jump four years later um, after my mom passed because I I really want to talk a lot on a different episode about grief and it's a lot to share and losing my mom was the hardest time in my life and grief is the most difficult thing to experience. And so that's a different episode. I'm going to skip over that for now and and just talk about after she passed, about a few weeks after she passed, I remember going to church with my sister. I was really longing for some spiritual connection and it felt really good just to go with my family and just, you know, go together and have that feeling of unity. And like, we were all grieving and it was an evangelical church, but it was one of the more, you know, I guess you can say hip ones where they tried to have good music and a pastor that like seemed chill, but I'm sitting there and I was just so angry and I was sad and I was hurting. And the music they were playing was like about being joyful and how amazing God was and how like, to like worship him. And I couldn't stand up to even sing the song because I was so pissed. I didn't feel like I didn't feel like this was the place for me to express how I was feeling or to let myself grieve. 
and the sermon was all about Jesus and how he was going to save people from hell. And I just couldn't connect to that. And I felt like I was in my own personal hell with the pain of losing my mom and feeling lost in my faith and just kind of being in a spiritual limbo. And I just felt alone. And I knew in that moment, I wanted to find a new community that didn't have this toxic positivity and evangelical message. And I didn't know if that community existed. And I made a decision to start looking. So my boyfriend went with me to try a Unitarian Universalist church. And I actually really liked it. They had a poetry reading and they talked about inclusivity of LGBTQ. And it was really beautiful. But it was way too liturgical for me. They had like these hard pews and the preacher wore a robe. And there was some ceremonial stuff. And it it was pretty cool. But I just didn't feel super comfortable with just all the ceremonial stuff. And I really knew it wasn't the right place for me. So then I remembered I had gone to a few live events um, for some live podcast recordings by Peter Rollins, who I've mentioned before. He is like a more, he's a philosopher who really talks about religion and, um, and some concepts I really liked. And then also a guy named Science Mike. And separately, I went to this church where they held these events in Glendale called Central Avenue Church. And I remembered that like the pastor was there and he was inviting people to come. And I was like, you know, if he's going to hold these events with these really progressive Christians and, you know, philosophers and scientists, they probably have a pretty open-minded church service. And so I went to that, I visited it one day and it was amazing. They played some songs by Mumford and Sons and Snow Patrol instead of like the typical worship songs. And these songs were about life and and how, like real emotions and and being honest and feeling hurt. And then they said a prayer about allowing ourselves to feel grief and feel grief for the world and for ourselves. And I just I felt like I could feel my emotions in this church. And it, it just I felt free to like not know things for sure and feel angry and just be okay with that. And so I went back to this church quite a few times and really just, I related to the sermons. They were about deconstruction of faith and rebuilding faith and looking at the Bible differently. I didn't commit to this church, like become a member or make it like my consistent community, but it really helped me through this little phase in my life where I'm like in limbo. It helped me process my faith and find a safe place to ask the hard questions. And honestly, if we weren't in a pandemic, I still wouldn't mind going once in a while. So at that point, let's see, so six months later, after my mom passed, I moved to Pasadena to live with my boyfriend. And I still called myself a Christian mystic for a while. I was going to that church in Glendale once in a while. But then after pouring over some more philosophy and then just realizing how much religion is a human construct, and I was nervous about really committing to a church and like going back to my old ways, like I had this desire just to go back and like get involved and I could just see myself getting burned out again. And I just didn't want that. So I, I actually finally came to a decision in 2019 that I wasn't a Christian anymore, which is a really scary thing to do, but I just didn't, the way I saw the Bible, the way I saw the world just didn't feel Christian anymore. I didn't believe, and I still don't believe that the Bible is directly from the mouth of God, 
but instead it's ancient literature full of stories about people who are trying to understand the world around them. It's a human story of people interacting with God and the world, making mistakes, writing metaphorical stories, and trying to find truth. I still value the words in the Bible, and they have a lot of truth in them that rise above the text. When I say that, I mean truths like love, compassion, loving our neighbors and our enemies, not letting money be our idol, and how we shouldn't judge others. These um, these stories about these topics have truth and, and really are inspiring ways to live. And the words of Jesus preach these concepts, and they're true in a larger sense, not in a literal sense. I don't think the Bible is historically literal in the way that we need to prove events or believe certain things happened in a certain order to be saved. It's a book that talks about the cycle of dying and coming to life again. If Jesus was real, he was murdered for teaching things that the religious leaders didn't like. He threatened the hierarchy of government and spiritual leadership. He was a martyr for social justice, preaching that money shouldn't be a priority and that taking care of the poor and widowed and oppressed should be a priority. And I agree with all those, all those things. And that's what kept me a Christian for a while. But I don't agree with the scenario that we need to believe in Jesus. And if we don't, then we're going to go to hell because this, this like storyline is an interpretation and it's a belief that goes against everything else about love in the Bible. So I didn't think that the likelihood of the Bible being the only true word of God when there's so many religions and beliefs in the world. So it just led to all these more questions like, why can't God speak through all religions? At some point, all religions become harmful to people because the people in charge just find ways to have more power. Why can't God be bigger than religion? Why do we have to put him in this box that humans created? Why can't God speak through the universe, the stars, the sun, the moons, and the planets? Why can't God speak through nature? Why can't God speak through our own brains? I mean, we perceive everything through our brains. So why can't God be a part of that? So because of all this, I actually just called myself a mystic for a while. Took the Christian word off, called myself a mystic. I was happy with my faith being less certain, less divisive. I was at peace and just accepting that I don't know what will happen after death. Everything was spiritual and I knew nothing for sure, except everything is connected through spirit. I felt so solid in, the, in these concepts. I was excited about life because I just, at that time, I just got a new job as a yoga teacher. I was accepted into the marriage and family therapist graduate program. I was spiritually free and I was excited about the future. And then the pandemic hit. I lost my job as a substitute teacher and as a yoga instructor and went on unemployment and suddenly found myself full of anxiety and depression. Some days I would just watch TV because I was too stressed to like figure everything out. It was also hard for me to do my normal yoga practice um, because I just felt kind of depressed and like felt like I was wasting my day, not having a schedule. I didn't have energy to like be motivated and like figure out what needed to be done to make more money or get out of the, the funk of anxiety. And my life just felt unstructured, unstructured and the future felt more unknown than it already was. I mean, honestly, the future is always unknown, no matter what plans we have, but it just felt more unknown. And then thankfully I started seeing my therapist regularly and she helped me through all these, you know, scary, dark 
emotions. And about after a month or so of anxiety, I found that my my old yoga studio uh, was actually offering classes online. And so I started doing yoga again and making sure I did it. I, I started a 30-day yoga challenge and I did it for 30 days. And that really helped me. And then I also applied to teach yoga online um, for teenagers. And so that kind of gave me more of a schedule. And I slowly, with all these things, started finding my inner stability. During this time, though, my faith wasn't shaken. My spirituality wasn't shaken. I wasn't like questioning everything or wishing I can go back. I just kind of felt empty and I needed something to wake me up spiritually. And so I was invited into a Facebook group where they... They're ex-evangelicals, and they talked about tarot cards, herbs, witchcraft, and this kind of sparked my interest. So I came across a tarot card class for beginners by a, a, um, a business called the Sisters Enchanted. It was only 27 bucks, so I found a tarot deck online. It had beautiful artwork. It's called the Modern Witch Tarot. And... This class really brought me to life. It calmed my anxiety, gave me something to focus on. And I realized tarot is way more complicated than I ever thought it was. But it was so fun. And it helped me also to trust my intuition again. Because throughout my faith deconstruction, I really lost the ability to trust myself and my intuition. And I second-guessed myself a lot. And so this really taught, this class was all about intuition and just using the artwork on these cards to learn how to trust yourself in like figuring out what something might mean for you. I used to think tarot and witchcraft was evil when I was a Christian, because that's what I was taught. But the more I do tarot and the more I do witchcraft, I realized that this concept that, that it's evil is created by religious leaders trying to scare people away from realizing that they had all the powers and tools they needed to self-heal and to succeed. They didn't need all these leaders to tell them what to do. And so people decided to say, oh, no, it's evil. And, you know, burning witches at the stake and all that just to scare them from really trusting themselves. And they wanted them to trust the leaders in charge. So after this tarot class, I took some more witchcraft classes online. And eventually I joined a year-long program called Holistic Witchery. And through a lot of, you know, self-reflection and I took some tests online and I, I don't, I'm not going to always call myself this, but in my heart, I, I call myself an eclectic shadow witch, which isn't something I'm going to go around just like calling myself that. But eclectic means I pick and choose certain things I want to do. Like I can do, I don't follow a spe specific like religious group. I'm not a Wiccan. I don't worship gods or goddesses. But I can pick and choose. I do tarot. I use herbs sometimes. Um, I say some spells, which are really, honestly, spells are just like poems or mantras, positive sayings that give you hope, almost like a prayer in a way. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's not very, it's not like a strict, like, this is what I have to do every day. I don't do specific rituals on certain days. I'm just eclectic, meaning I create my own reality however I want. And then I use the word shadow in there, shadow witch, because I work with emotions. Um, the difficult issues we have with our ego, with insecurities, limiting beliefs, those, those are called our shadow selves. And working to accept and heal them is called shadow work. 
I'm also going to school to be a therapist. So I'll be helping people find tools to do their own shadow work. And the spirit or, you know, God, I don't really call God, God anymore, unless I'm with someone who believes in God. It's just a word. It's just semantics. For me, it's spirit. It's the ground of being. It's just the universe. Um, But spirit speaks to me through my intuition and through nature, through all the elements. The pentagram isn't an evil symbol. It represents the elements, earth, water, fire, air, just representing how nature is connected to us and how it heals us. So in, in being a witch, my goal is to continually heal myself through the elements, through meditation, through yoga, through tarot, through intuition, and learn to trust myself again and continue to heal myself so I can help heal others. And looking back on all I've been through, I realize I have the tools or the power to create my own reality. Every time I'm in a really dark place, I can find ways to create my reality and really heal myself and get out of it. And I, whether that's myself or if it's spirit or if it's the universe, I feel like it all works together. If we kind of decide to join and really heal ourselves, we can create our own magic in our lives. So when my mom passed, I didn't really start feeling like I can find joy again to the beginning of this year. And so now that I really, I'm actually finding things feel magical and I find joy in the small things and decide that everything's beautiful. Um, it's like, I'm surprised, I'm surprised at who, who I am now. And I've realized that where our mind goes, the energy flows. So if we, we can make a decision on, you know, focusing our mind on certain things and it, and it really will help us feel more positive, but there's also, it's a, it's a mixture because I'm also against toxic positivity. It's not like we need to be positive all the time. There's a duality. There's the positive, there's the joy, there's the beauty, but there's also the pain and the sorrow and the suffering. And there's a time and place for both. Not that it's enjoyable because it's hard. It's fucking hard, but to accept that both exist and that they both have a purpose, um, really just helps give me this sense of, of wholeness and, and, and just wanting to learn more about how the world works, even though accepting that we can't understand it all. So through this pandemic, I've kind of tapped into this new part of myself and it just fills me with joy just to see this beauty again in the world and in myself. I just long to keep learning about myself and the world around me. And because I've opened this magical part of my brain, I've been seeing so many synchronicities. Last month was a lesson on earth, the element of earth in our holistic witchery class. And I had decided in that lesson, we had to decide something we wanted to learn more about. And I decided to learn more about herbs and how to use them for healing. And a few days later, I came across an herb workshop online. I had like, I'll randomly sign up for um, emails from like different companies because I'll see, oh, this is about, you know, holistic healing. And so I'll just give them my email and say, maybe I'll learn, you know, maybe they'll send me something cool. Well, this specific company sent me a work a workshop a list for the whole month all about herbs. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. So I just chose one of them and I learned about how to make different teas um, and infusions that are healing. And so then I made um, an oat straw and nettle leaf infusion. 
and it was easy and I've been making it all, you know, all the whole, for the last couple of weeks I've been making it and it's really good and it helps with anxiety. Um, another synchronicity, um, last week something happened that just gave me a lot of anxiety. Like one minute I noticed I was feeling great and then they walked on the balcony where my boyfriend was and suddenly I felt sad and depressed and I just tried to brush it off because it gave me anxiety. I was like, I don't know why I feel like this. Well, the next next day, my boyfriend was looking sad and eventually told me something that he'd been sad about for a few days, including that night on the balcony. And I it made me think, like, remember that I've I've always thought I was an empath um, where you can feel other people's emotions that around you. And this was a, such an intense feeling that I felt like, you know, this might be a good time to learn more about what an empath is, how I should protect my energy, because it was such a energy shift that I couldn't explain until, until my boyfriend told me that I was like, no wonder I felt that. And so then a couple days later, I go to my lesson in my witchery class, and it's all about an empath and how to protect your energy. So I've also been learning about astrology as well. Um, and like the moon cycles. And that's one thing I used to always be so cynical about. I always thought, oh, like, what do the planets and the moon have to do with anything? Um, and I also thought it was evil because, you know, Christianity. But recently now I'm like, if, if you think about it, the moon affects the ocean tides. The sun creates our day-to-day -day light. It gives us our heat. It's melting our faces off right now. Why can't the sun, the moon, and the planets affect how we feel or, or affect, you know, our lives? Um, to me, it's starting to make more sense. Like, why not? Why the fuck not? That's what I ask about anything now. And there's just so much more to learn. I just feel like where I'm at is where I should be spiritually. And it feels really good. It took me a long time to get here. And I'm open-minded to changing again. Because I also think that we're provided tools for what whatever season we're in. And right now, being a witch gives me life. So there's many ways to find me on social media. You can follow the podcast, A Curious State of Mind, Facebook page. I have a personal Instagram account called Laughing Mystic. I also have a witchy tarot Instagram called Modern Mystic Tarot. And I also have a yoga Instagram titled Rad Yoga with two underscores in between Rad and Yoga. And currently I'm doing a pose a day. And you can go ahead and follow me there if you're interested in learning more things about yoga. And also my website, wordsbybrandy.com, is where I'll have my podcast notes and my blogs. Also, I want to thank Darden Productions for my intro music. You can find his music on SoundCloud. And also, he just dropped a pandemic song under Carlos Darden on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. So wherever you're at in your faith, stay present and stay curious and keep doing what gives you life. If it doesn't give you life, if it doesn't light your fire, then ask the questions, the hard questions, and keep searching for what does give you life. Faith is supposed to give us hope. If it's not giving you hope anymore, 
just find a new path and stay curious.